The podcast you are about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I not only say the things I need to say, but the things I think you need to hear. And your feelings... They're not a factor. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Had to Say It. So we're going to start it as we do. Josh, Jake, B-Word, Iceman, Jason, Miss Aaron, Mike, Tabby, Javier, Fitz McShane, and El Jefe. Thank you guys for the support of the show. I appreciate it. You guys are wonderful people. I love you all dearly. And like once again, a special shout-out to Grinsmiths and El Devlin. You guys are awesome as well. So, uh, yeah, that's my shout-outs. If you want to be included in the list of shout-outs, I say it every episode. You know what you got to do. You go to the website, you go to the Patreon, you go to buy me a coffee, and you say, hey, I want to give Aaron five bucks a month so he'll think I'm awesome too. And then your name will be added to the list. And you can feel special, warm, and fuzzy like all these wonderful people who I think are truly awesome. And even if they stopped giving me money, I would still think they were fucking amazing people. All right, and so in the spirit of the appreciation I am feeling towards all of my wonderful listeners, I am going to make a little announcement here. Uh, I had to say it is proud to announce that we are going to be doing a listener appreciation giveaway. And in the spirit of I make the rules so I do what I think is fair, it's actually going to be a two-part thing because I want to show a little appreciation for all my non supporter listeners, as well as a little extra appreciation for the people who open their wallets and their hearts to me every month and throw me, throw me them five bucks. So if you want to get on the supporter part of the thing, you have until the end of the month to sign up. And here's the deal. I'm going to be giving away gift certificates for the HorribleDesigns.com website, which you will be able to use to redeem towards your purchase of whatever merch your little heart desires. You can pick out anything you want off the website, whether it be coffee mugs, mouse pads, stickers, decals, uh, coasters. There's all, all kinds of stuff, shirts. Anything you want, your little heart desires, up to the value of the gift certificate, and anything over the value of the gift certificate, you will have to pay out of pocket. The way this is going to work is like this. You are going to... If you're on the free feeds listening, what you're going to do is you're going to reach out to me via one of the social media platforms or through the website. There's actually a contact the show submission form on the website at I had to say podcast.com. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and let me know that you want your name put into the drawing. It's really that simple. If you want to say something nice about me or about the show in the process, that would be great. But if you don't want to do that, you don't have to. You just say, hey, I'm interested in getting some free shit. Put my name in the drawing. And that's it. And your name will be put in the drawing. And then you're going to have till the end of the month, the month of October, to submit your name for this drawing. On the 1st of November, I'm going to enter all the names into a randomized number generator thing that picks you know, the, the winner. And I'm going to do a live drawing to 
announce the winners for the contest. And the second category is going to be for the supporters of the show drawing, which is going to be... They, I, honestly, you don't have to do anything for that. You already, I have your names. You already support the show, whether it be through Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee. And as such, your name will automatically be entered into the drawing for the, the supporter prize. Now, in full disclosure and fairness, the Free Feeds Listener Prize is not going to be as big as the supporter prize. I'm doing two prizes. The people who have been kicking in and helping support the show all this time, yeah, they get a bigger bite of the pie. If you want to be in for the bigger bite of the pie, Again, go to one of the sites, sign up, give me them five bucks, and you'll be entered in for the bigger prize, the bigger gift card. And it's really that simple. Like I said, if you're a supporter, you don't have to do anything. All you got to do is keep listening to the show. And if you want to tune in for the announcement on the drawing day, you can. If you don't want to, that's fine, too, because I will reach out to you and let you know you won. And that's it. That's the long and the short of it. That's just my way of saying thank you for being here on the show, listening to me rant and rave and vent my spleen. And speaking of venting my spleen, it's time to get into it. So there's been a lot that happened this week that has got me thinking and feeling some kind of way, I guess. And it's it's all pretty fucking grim, really. I mean, it's not... There hasn't been a lot of shiny, happy shit to talk about these last few uh, months, and... It's kind of a downer. I really don't want to constantly be on here being negative and bitching. I, I would love to bring more fun stuff to the table, but that's not the kind of person I am. I can't ignore what's going on around me in favor of trying to be happy and upbeat all the fucking time. I just, I'm, I'm not wired that way. And honestly, the current events in this world have done nothing to make that situation any less frustrating. And we're going to start out just, um, these are not in any particular order. Again, this is me off the cuff rambling and bitching and not doing nearly enough research into matters uh, because that's just the way my life has been going lately. I don't have time to sit down and dedicate to a lot of other research. I've had a lot of shit on my plate that has required my attention. And so, yeah, what you're getting is my semi-educated opinions and beliefs and little footnotes and cliff notes about things that are kind of stuck in my craw that I do want to address. So if this is your first episode, uh, it's going to be pretty much a benchmark for you as to, yeah, that's kind of how they all roll. Some of them are a little better researched than others when I actually have time in my day. Sometimes they're educational, sometimes they're informative. A lot of times they're just me giving my two pennies. And the first major thing that happened this week that I want to talk about, and again, I apologize for my international listeners. Uh, I know I've actually gotten comments from a few people who said they prefer it when I'm not on the political shit, but that's just everything that has been going on in my life lately is in some way, shape, or form tied into what these fucking idiots in Washington are doing to the American people. And on a kind of a grander scale, a lot of this shit has ripple and consequences that are global. And it's unfortunate because, frankly, these morons should not be holding the reins. I've said it, I don't know how many times these geriatric fucks all need to go away. I, I would be absolutely fine if everybody over the age of 65 in Washington just collapsed tomorrow. I think it would be uh, a really solid purge. Not that I'm ageist and not that I have anything against old people, as long as they're not the ones steering the fucking country. When they're at a place where all they care about is aggrandizing and financially benefiting themselves because they're not going to be around to live to see the consequences and the long-term effects of the policies and shit they're putting into place. It's, it's frustrating to say the least, but in an interesting case of political theater and 
it's it's a mixed bag. I'm not a, even as I think about it more and more, and as things have rolled on since it's happened, I'm not even really sure where I sit on this. But uh, Speaker Speaker McCarthy, the Republican Speaker of the House, was ousted. Uh, he was removed from his chair by uh, Republican Matt Gates, who is one of the hardline holdout MAGA, uh, the Freedom Caucus, I think they were calling themselves. But ultimately, younger guy. Uh, honestly, leading up to this, I never really cared for the guy. I think he's a braggart. I think he's a big mouth. And something about him, he just has the most punchable fucking face I've seen in politics in quite a while. Just, I don't know what it is. Something about his smug little face and his hair. I just want, I, I, I want to hit him. I don't know why. It's nothing sane or rational. It's just how I feel about it. He's just got a, a very punchable fucking face. But he actually did do something I respect, and that was he held McCarthy accountable for not holding up his end of the bargain that he made to get the speaker seat in the first place, to get handed that fucking gavel. He had to make concessions to the hardline holdout Republicans to get confirmed. Now, ousting him was super fucking easy because when those like 12 or 16 people, whatever it is, that decided, hey, he's not keeping his deal with us, he's just basically sticking to business as usual and the big sticking point was this federal shutdown that was imminent because they had not passed a budget. And when they finally passed a stopgap budget, with the biggest concession being no more funding for the Ukraine, uh, it he basically was shoving through omnibus bills, regardless of the thing that is one of the things he agreed not to do, in exchange for getting confirmed to the, the, the speaker's seat. And he didn't follow through on that, and they held him accountable for it. They said, no more of this shit. You don't keep your word to us, you will be accountable. Now, immediately once he was ousted, the political parties are now trying to say they're going to take away the ability for a single individual to call for a vacation of the seat. And that's a terrible, terrible fucking idea, because if only the party can put it forward, that's just uniparty bullshit where it's another way to hamper holding a politician's accountability for anything because it's very, very hard for them to get a majority vote to pass these things. The only reason they ousted him so easy is because every Democrat voted for, to get him out of there. Now, immediately after that happened, the de Democrats are trying to you know, parade on how much chaos this is causing and how it's all infighting in the GOP that's stopping the government from getting any work done. First off, I think the less work the government gets done, the better off the fucking American people are. So I really don't have a problem with them not getting any work done. Second off, they immediately start saying, oh, well, we should re represent Representative Hakeem Jeffries should be the new Speaker of the House. No, you fuckwits. He's a Democrat. None of the Republicans are going to vote for him because they hold the majority. They are going to put a Republican in that seat. And every Democrat who's saying, well, this is the best way to move forward is being completely unrealistic and full of shit and just grandstanding for public, you know, talking points. AOC, big proponent of putting Jeffries in place because she's a fucking idiot. She's a bartender that got the job through a casting call and probably a casting couch, if I'm being completely honest. I have no respect for this fucking idiot. And she needs to just fucking stop trying to think she's smarter than she is because she managed to go through four years of indoctrination and then get a reality show call style appointment to be the candidate for this position. She didn't get it on any real fucking merit other than the fact that an organization that was hired to find a candidate thought she would be electable because of personality and her fucking rack, probably. Ultimately, I can't, I, I can't stand her. Every time she opens her mouth, I'm like, how can somebody be this stupid and luck their way into a position? 
It's infuriating. It's a prime example of how meritocracy needs to be installed. Not, oh, well, this is what we think should work. This cult of personality we represent, we're part of the squad and all this other shit. All this dumb shit needs to get put by the wayside because that is the shit that is killing this country. That is gradually making everyone's lives miserable. And nobody wants to fucking admit it. Nobody wants to say, yeah, all these stupid fucking decisions are probably the reason why we can't afford gas and groceries on the same fucking week anymore. We have a bunch of irresponsible, unaccountable shitheads in power. And we just let them do whatever they want because for some goddamn reason, they've convinced us that they can. They're, and I say this all the time. We need to remind them they work for us, not the other way around. But yeah, so Matt Gates called you know, for Speaker McCarthy to be removed. Speaker McCarthy was roundly removed. Again, every Democrat voted against him, plus the Republicans who were holding out that he's not holding up his end of the fucking deal. Now, these are the same Democrats who were sitting there the week prior saying, well, the Republicans that are blocking Speaker McCarthy from honoring his deal with, with the White House about the budget are the problem. Well, yeah, that's not. He made that deal without their approval. And the fact that they're trying to hold him to a deal that he made without the approval of the people he's supposed to be representing isn't a huge fucking issue. And the biggest problem was, yes, it's tied to no more funding for the Ukraine. And now so McCarthy's out. Speaker pro tem appointed, calls the session, ends the session. Everybody is out of, out of the office. Immediately after this happens, we get a statement issued by the Ukrainian minister of something or other who is extremely concerned about the proceedings in Washington because with, con with, with Congress functioning without a Speaker of the House, they can't get any more fucking money. No more bills can be vote voted on. No more appropriations can be rendered. They cannot get any more fucking funding. That's just the way the system's set up. And you've got a lot of grandstanding coming out of people that are saying, oh, well, you know, we'll still make sure you're taken care of. Don't worry. We'll find a way around this. We'll get a proposition on the floor. We still support Ukraine. Our, our, our support is unwavering. But that's the thing is, if that was the case, it never would have gotten to this in the first point. It is not unwavering. It's wavering a lot. It's just certain people don't want to shift their positions, and a lot of other people are probably getting some sort of kickback on this. I, I refuse to believe that this is a situation that's being done for anything other than selfish political motivation. There is no good guy in this situation. There, there have been multiple disclosures that peace talks were available before the U.S. got involved and said, here, we'll give you all the weapons and ammunition you need to keep fighting those big bad Russians. You've got political grandstanding idiots who want to go out there and flap their gums about everything that uh, under the sun and say how much we are, you know, are benefiting from this fucking war. How much people are dying is somehow a good thing. And it's fucking ridiculous. And speaking of war hawks and the Ukraine losing gas as far as terms of a popular way to fund the war machine. Another thing that happened just this weekend is there was an attack in Israel by Hamas, which was brutal, and uh, there's, there's, it, it was horrible. It really was. And it was also very well publicized because it happened in today's day and age and a day of social fucking media. And one of the things that was attacked, now there is footage of Hamas, I mean, it's basically terrorist acts, dragging out women, children. Uh, they captured several female Israeli soldiers and subsequently recorded them beating these women and raping them to death. You know, real, real civilized shit. And one of the problems with this um, Hamas bullshit that they pulled, I mean, 
they went in, and I've seen footage of it in multiple sources, where they paraglided into a fucking massive rave that was going on in Israel and proceeded to open up, start killing people. They killed a couple hundred people at this fucking rave. And more uh, concerningly, took multiple hostages that were multiple different uh, foreign national individuals. So this act by Hamas is literally having the potential to be the actual thing that kickstarts World War III. I mean, we don't have to necessarily wait for the fucking Ukrainian-Russian conflict to escalate when now all of a sudden you got a bunch of foreign nationals being held by a power that is backed by a bunch of countries that really don't like people like us, you know? And I, a lot of people out there, I mean, are, you've got both sides of the political spectrum trying to capitalize on this tragedy. I, I, as much as I hate a lot of people and I wish a lot of people, a lot of harm and a lot of ill will, I am never in favor of just random acts of violence, killing innocent people, killing women and children who are just going around trying to live their days. Even young men, I don't want to see anybody randomly dying for no fucking reason. Now, that's not to say there aren't specific individuals who I would be absolutely fine with them dying, who I would be absolutely fine with them getting their comeuppance for being fucking stupid. A lot of people that I think need to suffer the consequences of their own fucking actions, but Random people that are just trying to go out there and live their best lives, no. They don't need to just randomly die because they hold a different set of values than you do. Just stay the fuck away from each other. And this whole Palestine, Israel, Hamas, Middle East situation has been going on for generations. It's not a new conflict. This is not new strife. You're talking about people whose great-great-grandfathers were killing each other years and generations and generations ago. It's not like either side is completely blameless in the situation, but the present activity, not great. I'm not going to sit here and say I am completely, you know, pro-Israel, go back to Israel's and fuck every Palestinian. You know, Giza should be buried and paved over in Congress. No, I don't believe that. I believe there are degrees of shit, and there are innocent people involved in both sides. There are the governments are fucked. The, pe- the people holding the power are absolute shitheads for allowing things to go. The unilateral belief that one side or the other side is right or wrong, I don't really agree with. In this particular instance, yes, Hamas is completely out of line. They had no reason to be attacking women and children and civilians and beating and raping women just because they could, trying to prove that their way of thinking is fucking right. No, it's fucking disgusting. It's outlandish. It's completely deplorable. It's not how civilized people are supposed to fucking act. But the concern I have, which is more of a a local concern, again, and I apologize for many of my international listeners, but yeah, these are the things that I think about because these are the things that directly affect me, is not less than 48 hours, I mean less than 48 hours, not maybe 24 hours after the initial attacks started, after people who are being beaten and raped and murdered after all kinds of very suspicious things that realistically, Israel has one of the best funded militaries on the planet. They have the leading edge of technology in missile defense systems and the Iron Curtain system. They have all kinds of resources, and yet somehow they didn't know this attack was coming. The Iron Curtain system malfunctioned right when a missile attack came in 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 part of this attack. How did they not detect a bunch of fucking paragliders, like literally a squadron of fucking paragliders? I saw footage of this thing. I counted like 30 of the fucking things. How did they not detect these things coming in? 
And maybe they just thought, hey, it's a bunch of fucking assholes trying to make a big entrance to this fucking rave because that's where they landed. They paraglided into a fucking rave and started opening up and killing people and taking hostages. Yeah, again, like I said, deplorable. A bunch of young people being taken and kidnapped and probably being brutalized as we fucking speak or as I speak and as you guys hear this um, because of a difference in beliefs, because a difference in religions, a difference in faith, a difference in policy. There are myriad reasons that people are going to point to as to why these things are going on. And it's nothing that's going to be fixed by you or me sitting around bitching about it. But the thing that concerns me is the absolutely deplorable behavior by people who are not directly involved in the conflict that as a result of this conflict, we've already got politicians on both sides grandstanding and, and, and saying that, you know, we support Israel and we will do what we need to do to honor our commitments and we'll help defend them and we will rise to this occasion and blah, 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 blah. And while I completely support the people of Israel and think they are, they are not deserving of, you know, trying to be eradicated as a species because of whatever reason people will espouse for wanting to eradicate the people of Israel. I don't agree with that. I think that is fucking utter nonsense. However, it's gone both ways. In the course of my lifetime, I've seen the conflict both ways. And, um, the, you know, the doctrine of never again is it's all well and good as long as you're using it from a def- defensive standpoint saying we will never allow this to be done to ourselves. But there have been leadership in- instances over the past where maybe Israel overstepped its bounds as well. I am not trying to, you know, anybody that might want to say, oh, well, you're victim blamer. You're saying the wrong thing. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. These acts were deplorable. They were horrendous. You don't create justice or rightness by committing more atrocities. You can't solve hate with fucking more hate. It doesn't work that way. And I'm not saying it should be working that way. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying it was deserved. I'm not saying it was justified. I'm not saying any of that shit. But what I'm also not saying is it's completely plausible that this was a completely unprovoked attack because it hasn't been. There has been rhetoric and hatred on both sides for as long as I can fucking remember. And I'm honestly not in a position to be objective about the situation. I'm not there. I'm not on the ground. I don't have firsthand knowledge of any of this. What I do have is knowledge and experience in what I'm seeing coming out of people in my country and how they are reacting to this shit. And in typical traditional modern-day response, there are pickets and protests and all sorts of fucking groups coming out. And disturbingly enough, in spite of the official political line being we are backing Israel, we support Israel, there are metric fucktons in every major democratic city going on like right now as I'm recording this. There are protests and marches. And in a lot of cities in Canada, there are marches going on and huge gatherings of people saying they support Palestine and they're supporting the people of Palestine. And ironically enough, I saw one that really made me laugh, which was Queers for Palestine. We support you, Palestine. A big banner, a bunch of fucking blue-haired college liberals marching along, not even realizing the irony because they're not educated, they're indoctrinated. The Arab and Islamic faiths that are predominant in the Palestinian area, and Palestinian is a kind of a misnomer too, but that's a whole other thing. Ethnically, they're like Jordanians and a bunch of other regions. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is these queers who are out there marching for them and all the extremely liberal leftist assholes who are clamoring for, you know, free Palestine, upright Palestine, we stand with Palestine, would probably be stoned, thrown off of buildings, thrown off of bridges, shot, beheaded, 
and otherwise generally fucked up because of their lifestyle and their choices and the way they choose to live their lives. They are out here clamoring and supporting people against the official stance of the people they supposedly identify with in a belief based in ignorance because they don't understand what would be done to them by the people they are clamoring to support. It's like these idiots who think, you know, communist regimes are going to be great for them to be a non-gender identifying uh, liberal uh, art history who majored in interpretive dance with a minor and feelings and teddy bears when they're up against the walls trying to like comrade but I'm on your side now you're a degenerate the it's like the idiots walking around wearing a Che Guerrero t-shirt not realizing they would align he would have stacked them up before he shot them to save on bullets because he thought they were degenerates and had no place in society but that's what you get when you focus on feelings over facts and when you try and shape history to fit a narrative and when you indoctrinate people instead of educating them, you get these idiots marching around thinking their, you know, their self-righteousness is their armor and their sanctimonious bullshit is what's going to keep them alive. And they don't realize the real world doesn't work that way. And a lot of these people that they're supposedly marching on behalf of don't give a fuck. They don't subscribe to that bullshit. They don't care how far left your belief structure is. They don't care how sympathetic you are towards them. That's not going to stop them from fucking opening your throat. And in a f- move that's surprising, probably nobody that's listening to the show, because they're probably mostly as cynical as I am, we've already got people talking about using the Patriot Act to go after local Iranian and Palestinian individuals in the country to try and track them down to make sure there are no terrorist attacks on American soil. Now, we've actually seen documentation over the last year and a half while the country's being flooded with undocumented immigrants across the border. There have actually been proven, like, Hamas cells and uh, various uh, Middle Eastern-influenced individuals coming across the border, and there have been some of them that are caught. I'm sure they're not all caught. So do I think the possibility of some coordinated terror attacks happening on U.S. soil is high? No, I don't think it's very high. Do I think it's possible? Yes, I do. But I'm also at the point where I think my own safety is in jeopardy every time I walk out the door because I live and work close enough to a major blue city where these things are a concern, where I am seeing daily reports of escalating violence. In Chicago, they recently brought someone up, a guy who was arrested on gun charges, who was already waiting for another hearing related to gun charges. And on both case, both charges, he was charged with the first-time criminal weapons possess, possession issue. Now, if he was being charged with two separate gun crimes on two separate instances, how exactly is it a first-time offense for both instances? The first-time offense could be a first offense. The second charge should be hit with that multiplier for being a repeat offender, but it wasn't because Illinois' justice system is fucked. And the, you know... Tens of thousands of undocumented individuals in the city of Illinois. Do I believe there's a possibility that there are agitators in that mist? I sure as fuck do. They may not be able to keep up with the regular criminal cartel bullshit that's going on because there have been multiple arrests of multiple people since they've gotten rid of cash bail that I've been posted about on the service that I signed up for that are people that are undocumented here illegally and not doing good shit, being arrested on multiple charges, multiple cases, multiple instances of violent activities. That's the shit I worry about when I walk out the door. Am I worried that there's going to be some terrorist attack in any of the areas where I go on a regular basis? No, not really. It wouldn't be high coverage. It wouldn't be high value targets. It wouldn't make any kind of fucking statement. 
because I'm not going to be in a mosque or a church or in a synagogue or any of those other places that would speak to a religious attack. I'm not going to be in any places that would be attacked on an ideological basis either, other than the fact that I'm in the U.S. and I'm in a place that believes in freedom of the individual, theoretically. And meanwhile, you've got, you know, all the very credible and not at all bullshit disproven mainstream media sources like CNN and MSNBC saying, well, there's no certifiable, credible threats locally. Cities all over the country are ramping up their security and ramping up their guards and blocking off, you know, house of worship parking lots and, and adding extra security and extra patrol officers. Now, primarily these are cities where they've already had issues where they're leaning more towards defund the police and stripping the authority and the power from the people that are supposed to protect the average citizen. So I really don't understand how much think how much good they think this additional security is going to do against dedicated, causal-driven individuals, such as actual fucking terrorists who may or may not decide to do some shit that is sketchy to the populations of different areas. Now, I'm willing to bet that most of the good old boy uh, redneck quotient are going to be a lot safer because they're not soft targets. And a lot, uh, with the exception of like the suicide bombers, you're not going to find a lot of ideologi- ideologically driven individuals who believe they're striking out against the enemy that are going to go after hard targets. They're going to go after soft targets because they're going to be more impactful in their mind. You go after the women, the children, the, the, the old and the infirm and the fucked because that sends a much more horrific uh, message to sensi- West, uh, particularly Western sensibilities where they don't believe violence should happen at all, much less to these extremely in, incapable of defending themselves, extremely vulnerable individuals. That's the word I'm groping for, vulnerable. So you have vulnerable populations that are going to be a more target-rich environment, I guess. And like I said, unfortunately, I live in the land of Illinois where defending yourself can actually land you in jail. And if you're a criminal, you'll be told to show up for a court date. And then when you don't show, they'll issue a sterner warning that you need a court date to appear to. And if you happen to be an undocumented individual with no residence, no identification, no resources, and no paper trail, they're just going to put your picture out on, on a statement saying, if you see this guy, he's supposed to be in, in jail because he did some horrendous shit, but we let him out on an I-bond. And we told him, we told him what day to be back. And we're pretty sure the translator got the message right. Yeah, so I'm have as someone who subscribes to the I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6 philosophy, I can, I can, I can fight the charges from in the jail. I can't find them, fight them from in a box. So... Yeah, I'm not going to be <laughs> be that guy. If, if, if I go, there will be a news story saying I took at least a couple of them with me. And honestly, that's my advice for pretty much everybody at this point. This is a prime example, too, of why the Second Amendment is important, why U.S. citizens should not only own firearms, as I said last week, own them, but become proficient in their use. Know what you're doing with them. Even if you don't feel comfortable having a bunch of guns in your house for whatever reason, you should at least be moderately proficient with them and knowledgeable about their operation because shit's going to get worse. And a prime example, Israel, previous to these attacks, was one of the most difficult places on the planet to get the right to carry a gun. They have extremely draconian gun measures in terms of who is allowed to own firearms and who is allowed to have firearms. And getting a permit to get a gun in Israel was an, an entirely massive process. And I'm basing this, not that I've ever been to Israel to apply for a gun permit, but based on a couple individuals I follow who are well-versed in the matter and have said as much. 
And Israel has immediately issued emergency orders saying that the, the bureau that handles those things should, instead of keeping the population disarmed, should now be arming all of its citizens. And Israeli firearms are, by and wide, based on my personal experience with them, fantastic fucking guns. And if they want to get those guns in the hands of the population and train the population to use them, you're kind of closing the, the barn behind the cow at this point. But at least that's a step in the right direction because an armed population is not nearly as easy to have people come into your house, snatch you out, drag you out, beat you and rape you in your yard and record it and post it while you're laughing about it. So the other people who agree with this is what deserves to happen to these people can watch it and laugh, too. But, yeah, an armed population is a lot harder to suppress. And you have this prime example of why America was founded with the belief structure it was because. I mean, the odds are not nearly as great in areas where, like where I am, but if somebody busts into my house, they're leaving with a stomach full of lead. At least one person is. And if they drag my family kicking and screaming out, you can know they didn't do it for free. But in a lot of places in these areas where this is a bigger concern are places that have more stringent gun laws, that have unarmed populations, have populations that don't believe that you should be able to defend yourself with adequate force. Because that's uncivilized or that's barbaric or whatever other bullshit justification these people have for thinking their ideals of civility and unarmed life are somehow going to stop a bad guy. Hey there, I'm Dave, the host of Beer in Front. Sometimes the beer in front of you is the best one yet. I'll talk about some old school beers that maybe you've forgotten about, some new beers that have the potential to be a classic. I'll also talk to various people around the beer world and get their stories all about beer. That's Beer in Front, and it's available on all of your favorite podcast apps. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that was a promo for Beer in Front. Dave's good people. You should go check out his show if you haven't already. It's uh, He's a really knowledgeable guy, down to earth. Good, good people, good dude. Now, the last thing I want to talk about in this week of chaos and discord and disarray is something that is, it's gotten a really weird kind of uh, coverage in the social media slash regular media world. And that is the last week has been a really rough week for like extreme leftist activists. Uh, specifically, there were three murders. I mean, there's probably more, but there were three that got a lot of media coverage in the leading up to the week. And they were in very deep blue cities, uh, one in Baltimore, one in Philadelphia and one in New York. Now, the one in Baltimore was the first one that happened. It was a uh, it was the. 26-year-old CEO of Ecomap Technologies, Pava Marie LaPere, who um, was like an extremely vocal anti-racist, in her own words, uh, big BLM supporter, very outspoken activist against the police department where she said she viewed uh, what she viewed as the unjust criminalization of black bodies. Now, 
yeah, so she's an outspoken leftist, very active in the community, yada, yada, yada. She died from blunt force trauma. She was literally beaten to death um, by somebody who was released from prison under the reforms that she was a huge champion of. And um, this, she was killed by a guy named Jason Dean Spillingsley, who was uh, already in prison. He had a 30-year prison sentence with 16 years of it suspended after he pleaded guilty to first-degree sexual assault. Now, the sex offender registry indicates that he was released from prison uh, literally about 11 and a half months prior to doing this, classified under a Tier 3, the most serious offense category, requiring that he be lifelong on the registry. Now, so, the fact, they did report it, but I don't, it doesn't matter to me. She got killed by a guy that got let out of prison early due to reforms that she was pushing. It's kind of fucking ironic if you look at things that way. Uh, a lot of people were really quick to do like the I told you so and point to this, but it is an example of why certain things are a bad fucking idea. Now, the next one was a reporter in Philadelphia. Um, is or not a reporter, but an activist, a guy, 39 years old. So again, yeah, young, uh, younger millennial Gen Z border there who, um, was shot to death in his own house. Uh, the guy, the, the guy's named Josh Kruger. Uh, he was a 39 year old from Philadelphia, very vocal activist, leftist journalist, big pusher on gay rights, some, you know, long track record of minim minimizing reports of violent crime when, a, when the criminals were fitting brackets where he thought they were marginalized groups who were getting fucked over. He, he was a recovered drug addict, which, you know, more power to him, good for him, who didn't think junkies were responsible for the criminal acts they performed while they were under the influence of narcotics. He was a very staunch advocate for gay rights, which I'm all for, as long as you're not doing the crazy gay rights, which he was. He was the QIA plus crowd, he was pro that all over the place. Um, you know, basically he was constantly bad mouthing anybody who said that this shit was a problem, that any kind of opposite, any, anything about people who were saying, you know, we should be more tough on crime. We should be pushing homicides. And he, uh, he actually, the funny thing is he made a a quote tweet on Twitter quoting Scott Adams, you know, the guy who drew Dilbert or draws Dilbert. Uh, basically, he uh, he was kind of mocking him because back in 2020, he said, if Biden's elected, there's a good chance you'll be dead within the year because Scott Adams has been a very vocal critic of overly permissive policies towards crime and shit like that. And literally within a day or two of him getting shot to death in his own apartment, he quoted... Uh, Scott Adams to mock him saying that, you know, well, basically, oh, I'm not here. I'm not dead. He's like, oh, look, he's Nostradamus. Look at this prediction from 2020. And then like two days later, he's dead. So people were starting to try and point things out about that. Now, in, in uh, the end of the week here, October 2nd, uh, there was a guy in New York who was a huge, very devoted social justice warrior, just, you know, defund the police, pictures of him in lots of his social media from stuff from the BLM riots, wearing cops, are all, the ACAB t-shirts, him and his extreme leftist girlfriend. Um, at 32 years old, again, uh, elder Gen Z, younger millennial, whichever, wherever that sticks him in that bracket. 
Um, he and his girlfriend, who was also a BLM activist at the time, uh, were leaving a wedding and sitting on a bus stop when they now, depending on which version of the story you believe, some people say the guy just accosted him for no reason. But there's plenty of security footage out there of what happened. And it looks like they got up from the bus stop and started walking towards the guy. Well, there's a young man who was out there, like, kicking over some of those electric scooter stands that they have in New York while he was trying to break into a car. I think the scooter stands were in the way. And these guy, this guy and his girlfriend walked towards the guy, said something. And then the guy turns on them and starts attacking them. And this guy, very, very beta, very, I mean, the guy, for, for being standing right next to his girlfriend, uh, obviously the guy had no idea how to deal with a conflict and somebody coming at him aggressively, all he did was put his hands up and be like, whoa, dude, chill, dude, chill, dude, and back walk backwards until he hit the bus stop, tripped over it, and was subsequently stabbed to death by the fucking guy who, um, who he was trying to confront. Well, his girlfriend literally stood there and did nothing. Didn't scream, didn't yell, stood there deadpan. And the video is very telling. And yeah, some people deal with shock and trauma differently. Now, this bitch, she um, subsequently refused to identify the guy who stabbed her boyfriend to death to the police. Now, the working theory is she didn't want to do it because all cops are bastards and he was a black man and he wasn't going to get a fair trial for stabbing her boyfriend to death in front of her. And so she didn't want to identify him to the police. Now, that's one way of looking at it. Of course, the Internet did what the Internet does, and it completely went off the rails with batshit theories. And, oh, she put him up to it. He f stabbed the guy because he knew they were going to be there because she's fucking him and all this other stuff. Now, the more forgiving media side of things is saying, oh, well, he was mentally unwell. He turns out they already have a suspect. You can see the guy's face really clear on the, on the footage. Um, he's a, a, they re arrested a 18 year old black male who beat this or stabbed this guy to death in front of his girlfriend who refused to identify the guy. And kind of the real kicker on it is immediately after this, the news of this guy's death got out, you know, they're publishing it. Oh, he was a beloved poet and a voice for the, for the oppressed and fucked on minorities and da, 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 da. And in true, like ultra lefty commie fashion, his girlfriend starts to go fund me right away. Now, that's pretty much par for the course for young motherfuckers of a certain age is anytime there's anything goes wrong, you start to go fund me and you start getting money from the public that you haven't earned and you don't deserve because that's how you function, because that's how you think the world works. And it would be one thing if it was like, I need to fundraise money because funeral expenses are fucking ridiculous. And I live in New York, so it's even fucking worse because there's no land to bury these motherfuckers in. That, that at least I would probably be a little bit more forgiving. But she's not his spouse. She's his girlfriend. He's not, she's not legally on the hook for any of his fucking bills. She's not legally on the hook for the expense of processing him. They'll probably stick his parents with that, even though he was in his early fucking 30s. Which And that's, that's another whole thing. When you're getting your ass whooped at 30 years old by an 18-year-old, there's something wrong there. Because at 18, you're not even physiologically completely developed yet. And this guy was skinny, but he should have at least been able to hold the fucker off. But that's that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, back to the, the girlfriend whose reaction is to post a GoFundMe because her boyfriend was stabbed to death in front of her. Not to pay for funeral expenses, not to cover any of the cost of, in, you know, interring him with some dignity or anything like that. So she could take out time off of work to grieve properly because since it's just her boyfriend, she is not entitled to any bereavement leave. Now, granted, I'm not really sure what her actual official job is. 
other than BLM activist, because that's literally the only thing I've been able to find out about her at all looking online, is that she's a, a very vocal BLM supporter. And she's an activist for people who are downtrodden and fucked upon. And so are most of their friends. So what we've got is a vocal activist, poet, journalist, who was fatally stabbed by the exact same kind of people he's standing up for in front of his girlfriend, who is also a activist and no other source of income listed, who subsequently goes out the same day. And like I said, she reacted with all the emotion of somebody watching their dog take a shit as her boyfriend bled out in front of her. And like I said, trauma treats different people differently, but she did not show any emotion at all in the security footage. She just kind of stood there and watched the guy bleed out, you know. And her first reaction is to take to the Internet and ask strangers for money so she can grieve properly. She and his friends, too. She wasn't just asking for money for herself. She was asking for money for her and his friends to take time off to properly grieve his life. And they asked for $10,000 so they could take time off of work to properly grieve this man's life because he was killed so unjustly by the very people for whom he was standing up. Except for they left that whole part out. They just, oh yeah, he's dead and we're sad. Give us money. And in something that just makes me despair for the fucking world, these assholes within the first 24 hours raised over 50 grand. So yeah, they're, they're, they're really obviously broken up and torn up about this fucking schmuck getting stabbed to death and not cooperating with the police because cops are bastard and that young man won't get fair shakes. Now the guy was picked up almost fucking immediately. And in another one of those, like you got to be fucking kidding me moments. They blurred out his face when they were bringing him out of the courtroom. They still published his name and some sources didn't blur his face out, but mainstream media blurred his face out when they were bringing him out of the courtroom. And it's utterly fucking ridiculous when you can see his face clear as day on the fucking tape where he stabbed the guy. But that's, and it's just, just utterly ridiculous to me. And there's a lot of people out there that are like kind of tap dancing on these fucking people's graves, which I don't agree with either. But as I said previously, I'm also a believer that you kind of Get what you deserve. And when this is the kind of shit you defend, when these are the people you're advocating for, people that don't care about your values, they don't share your values. They don't want you out here white knighting for them because you feel sorry for them. All you're doing is increasing the opportunities for them to be degenerates and to ruin other people's lives. And a lot of these people weren't living with any kind of ideal that this could come back to bite them, that this... You know, bad things don't happen to them because they're out there doing what they think is right. Bad things only happen to little insignificant people. And all of these people seem to have the same mindset of a real bad case of main character syndrome. They all thought the fucking world couldn't let anything bad happen to them because they are the important ones. They are out there doing righteous work. They are out there fighting for the fucked upon and the shat upon and the downtrodden. And so there's no way that reality is going to come along and slap them in the fucking junk and tell them they were being bad. Again, like I said, I don't celebrate anybody dying randomly or violently or horribly. But at the same time, my sympathy is extremely tapered because a lot of other people have been subject to this bullshit because of you being out there championing it. There are probably uncounted numbers of repeat offenders on the street because of people like these activists who are out there saying they're the victims, even though they're the ones doing the terrible things. They're the ones who are 
being fucked over by society. It's not their fault that they're doing horrible fucking things. They don't know any better or they don't understand any better or they don't have any options because it's the only thing society has left for them. And that bullshit victim enabling just condescending white knight bullshit is not doing anybody any favors. So while I don't celebrate anybody dying meaninglessly, it's hard for me to feel sympathy for these fucking people either. And I definitely don't feel any sympathy for the guy who's the guy who got his girlfriend there when he got stabbed. Yeah, I don't feel any sympathy for her at all because her behavior is fucking deplorable and she hasn't changed one iota from something horrible happening in front of her. She's so disconnected from reality that she refused to identify the guy to the cops. That says fucking volumes about her. And that's where we are in the world these days, and it's a fucking shame. People are so wrapped up in ideals that work against their own self-interest that they can't do what's best or what's right because they're too wrapped up in this identity of how they think it's supposed to be and what they tell people they stand for. And all their bullshit and all their self-worth and all their self-value is so tied up in ideals that work against their own best interest that when terrible shit happens to them, they can't fucking do anything about it. One last thing I want to touch on real quick is I debated whether or not to stick this in this episode, but it's relevant. It's significant. I need to talk about it. Hillary fucking Clinton. Now, I try not to give that worthless slag any of my attention if I can help it. I can't stand her. I don't know why the fuck she's still trying to maintain relevance. She is a just a horrible human being. She is a opportunistic parasite of the worst caliber. She has been a massive, she was a failure as a senator. She was a failure as a fucking presidential candidate. She lost to a fucking Cheeto-dusted reality TV personality. That says volumes about her. She was a terrible secretary of state. She didn't accomplish anything good. She caused all kinds of fucking issues. Well, this stupid fucking slag goes on to, uh, I already forgot the program. She was on some inter- interview. Some, some, some asshole reporter gave her a platform. I don't know why people keep letting her talk. She's fucking irrelevant. She lost. She lost multiple times. There were times she didn't even get the nomination. And when she did finally get the nomination, she lost to fucking Trump. So she needs to go away. She's old as fuck. She's never going to get the nod. She's never going to be the president. She needs to shut the fuck up and go enjoy the spoils of her corrupt-ass career and go golden years at somewhere. But no, this dumb bitch comes out, and she says on national television in a recorded and verified and documented situation, she says that she believes that the extremist MAGA Republicans, now specifically name-calling the people who are out here actively supporting Donald Trump, and thinking Donald Trump is right and he's a victim of persecution, which, like him or not, he really is. He's getting the DOJ weaponized against him. I don't even like the fucking guy, and I think what they're doing to him is wrong. Not only is it wrong, but it's stupid because it's encouraging his his support base, and they don't see him as the bad guy. No matter how much these assholes on the left are trying to push it, they are never going to go, oh, well, look at all these charges they brought up against him, that he must he must be the bad guy. No, all they're doing is further proving the narrative all these guys believe in that the government is the bad guy, which I'm inclined to agree with, even though I don't agree with the MAGA part of things. I mean, I believe in putting America first. I believe in focusing on our own problems domestically. I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. And, you know, that is what it is. You can like me or hate me. I would love to have a outside the party guy with his kind of moxie that wasn't a fucking octogenarian, which is where he'd be at if he gets elected in the next election. He'd be 78 fucking years old. That's too goddamn old. He needs to be somewhere playing golf. 
But I, 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 I digress. Hillary fucking Clinton said that she believes that MAGA supporters will need to be deprogrammed and floated the possibility of putting people in camps for re-education after the election was over. Now, in case you're really not paying attention, that is literally right out of the communist playbook. That is what Stalin did after he took power. He took everybody that didn't agree with him and didn't want him being in power, and he put them in the gulags for re-education. The Nazis put undesirables into camps for re-education and, you know, basically eradication. And I have no trouble at all believing this soulless fucking evil woman would have no problem. She would not lose a second of sleep when, you know, she's had 50 some of her close business acquaintances commit suicide or die under suspicious circumstances. You think she's going to lose one second in the rejuvenation tanks about any of you dying in a camp somewhere because you didn't agree with her bullshit? I mean, seriously, that woman is evil. She needs to go the fuck away forever. She needs to go out somewhere and bask on a rock or whatever it is fucking lizard people like her do. And I'm not saying conspiracy theory lizard people. I'm just saying she has no fucking humanity and no goddamn soul. And she needs to go the fuck away. Go enjoy the millions of ill-gotten dollars you have. You have enough money where you don't need to be in the spotlight anymore. You don't need to be in front of the fucking cameras. You don't need to be out here trying to influence people, particularly when you're so fucking bad at it. She needs to shut the fuck up and go away. And for anybody who hears this and might take it the wrong way, I would like to go on the record right now saying I am not now, nor have I ever been suicidal, and I have no desire to kill myself or end my life in any kind of questionable circumstances. Yeah, that's kind of what's rolling around in my head right now, and I guess so for now. Ah, you know the tagline. Thanks for listening to another episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, leave a comment, leave a review, leave a rating. Go to IHadToSayItPodcast.com, sign up for the mailing list, interact with the show, click the links, sign up for the Patreon, join the Discord, come and interact, be a part of the show, buy the merch, support your favorite creator, or support me. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Till next time.